All right. So with that, um, I uh, get the privilege of, of turning this meeting over to Jen Miskoff. And um, I, I've met, I met Jen a few different times, but honestly, it was kind of, you know, on the fly a little bit. And, and uh, this was the first time really today. Suzanne and I had lunch with her and just got to ask 100 questions and and not only see how amazing you are, but it's one thing to know somebody's story and you can tell in the spirit how I can tell how amazing Jen is. But then when we saw the fruit of her labor and and um, the love and grace and, and things pouring out of the kingdom, uh, treasures pouring out of those that she's pouring into, that tells you immensely, you know, what's going on. So Jen is the real deal. And I just want to ask if you would open up your hearts. Um, that whole thing about receiving a prophet in the name of a prophet and you get a prophet's reward means that uh, if she's going to come up here and convince you, you know, then your walls are up. But if you can see right away, wow, this woman is genuine and real and we wouldn't bring her here unless she was full of love and grace and all the rest. I just want to encourage you, open your hearts up quicker and you'll get more out of it. Okay. Jen, would you come on up and bless us? Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having us. So excited to be here. And I'm just going to call up my team. Um, do I have all of us up here? Do I, I should have 10. It feels like there's less than 10. Who are we missing? I thought we had 10. Who's it? We're 10? Did you count? Yeah, I'm, I'm 10. Okay, good. Don't forget to count me. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, um, yeah, we are so excited to be here. This is um, kind of the Destiny House family and community, and we're going to be um, just pouring out our hearts and lives from what God's poured into us to you guys today, and we've already had a just beautiful exchange of gifts as far as spiritual gifts, meeting the team, and um, I don't know, Kat over there, she got us all drunk in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> So uh, we, we kind of want to steal her and bring her up to Reading with us. <laughs> yes, I met Brent, I think, um, some of the Jesus Awakenings, and then every time we'd have a meal, it was a little awkward because um, he was really generous and I wasn't eating. Because every time I come down here, I seem to be fasting. But today we got to enjoy a great meal, and I ate some steak, and that was awesome. <laughs> and so I just want to introduce um, my team to you, who's more than a team, their family. Every single person up here, we do life together. All of us but two people up here have actually lived together. And one is a neighbor of ours, so he kind of basically is next door to us. And then um, Mary over there from England, she's going to um, run with us more in the next season. But everyone else up here, we've actually done life with each other um, in community and family. And um, part of what Destiny House is, is we want to lead people into life-changing encounters with God. And that's what we're expecting today. And we believe that people's destiny is in deep encounter with Jesus and deep communion with each other. We believe that there's keys to my destiny hidden in people God's highlighted and we're doing life and that vice versa and in the presence of God. And so we've actually arranged um, 
our vision and our mission and our lifestyle around glory, honor, and destiny. And so we worship Jesus every Friday morning, no matter what the circumstance, because he is faithful and worthy of it all. And so the, the girls wake up at 8 in the morning after a long week of ministry school and worship, and they're still hungry for more. And we open it up to the community. And we just worship Jesus. The only point, the only reason we meet is Jesus. We don't have any other agenda but to encounter God. It's just space for the Holy Spirit to come and do whatever he wants, and it's marked by testimony, prayer, and worship, but most of it is just worship, and however the Holy Spirit leads, we kind of go with it, and we open that up to the public. We pray for people. It's guys and girls, and it's so fun. Yeah, it's it's influenced by the Walsh Revival, a revival that happened that influenced the Azusa Street Revival that just marked me, and so it's been amazing, and then we do family meals on Monday nights, so all of us, 16, 18, actually 18 or 19 of us, we... Um, we say no to everything else because if you've ever been to Reading and Bethel, there's a million amazing things to do every single night of the week. But we actually say no to some of those to say yes to each other and going deeper in relationship. And so sometimes it's a sacrifice, but it's worth it because we get each other and we get our hearts. And we have a meal and we'll do different things. And some of the floors, um, there's three different floors in the house we live in. Um, <clears throat> And some floors do an extra night where it's just their floor of five or six, and they go deeper, and they have dinner, they do worship, they go after stuff. So we're really into real relationship, vulnerability, brave communication, not letting people partner with things, not necessarily sin, but actually things that are going to hold them back from the fullness of their God-given destiny. So we say, hey, that's not who you are. You know, you're called to shine. Don't believe that lie. And we pray, and we break stuff off, and we go after it. And, And so it's a place where people can't hide. So it gets messy sometimes. I've my life. I lived there three and a half years, and I'm a different person from when I walked in. And it's because of the people you see up here and the people I've run with. And it's been hard and awkward and messy at times. But you know, it's good because it's real and it's life. And so I just want to introduce um, Yvette. At the end is from South Africa. Amazing, powerful intercessor. She's going to change the nation of South Africa. Mary's from England, and I kidnapped her from an Azusa class I taught, and now she's going to run with us this next season. Elisa's been with us three years now. She's amazing. And uh, she came, the first time she came, she'd never led worship. We threw her into a Friday morning worship, and now she is incredibly anointed worship leader that flows with the Holy Spirit. So she's going to play um, in a bit and just prepare your hearts to receive um, what God has done in and through what she carries. Glory's the one that did that video. Oh my gosh, give it up for Glory. She's amazing. Just has revival fire in her veins. She's a burning one. Colton is our brother that we have adopted into the community. He's our next door neighbor and we love him. Um, Katharina Welt from Germany, all the way from Germany. Praise the Lord that she said yes to run with us. And um, she is very anointed dancer. I'm going to share a testimony of, of her in a minute. But um, she's going to dance as I share too. So just prepare your hearts to see um, what God does. A lot of healing and freedom is released when she moves. But she's an incredible, uh, just sold out lover and woman of integrity. Um, Victoria, we kidnapped, and um, me and Elisa and Katerina went on a tour to the Moravians to redig a well of revival there, and we found Victoria, and we fell in love with Victoria and said, hey, come visit Reading. 
And she visited for two weeks and never went home. And so now we have her, and my prayers have been answered. And if you ever get a chance, when, when we get her CD out, you're going to melt because I, I soak to her 15 minutes recorded in Germany all the time, and it's amazing. She's just a deep, deep well. And then we got Daystar actually was at Destiny House visiting and connected us to Victoria. And then we got Victoria moved, and then she's like, oh, I have a friend. And so we got, we got like double portion right there with that. And she's amazing, stepping into some beautiful things with dance and just cultivates family really well. And then we got Rosie at the end. Watch out. You can't not get blessed with feeling encouraged and loved when you're in Rosie's presence. She just carries hospitality so well. And so I'm just uh, incredibly blessed and privileged. And I just want to give a shout out to Kenny and Chuck and the Psalm 84 crew. Um, amazing. We probably wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for that connection. And they're so much family as well. And so, yeah, this is, these guys might um, be released to minister as I'm sharing a lot of stuff. I don't know who was at the Jesus Awakening and saw me share before. Okay. A few people. So just be prepared throughout the talking for God to come and encounter you. And these guys might go and just lay hands if they see God doing something and just partner with the Holy Spirit because we're believing for great, great things. Um, Rosie, do you want to just share real quick the word that you had um, before about vulnerability? Sure. Yeah. Um, one thing that God was really putting on my heart for tonight was just about vulnerability and connection. And um, it was something we were kind of sh talking about and sharing when we met with the leaders earlier. And um, it's something that's so valuable about living in community and living in family is vulnerability. And it's easier said than done, but it's so powerful. And like even in my experience in living at Destiny House this year on our floor, our floor was one of the ones that we like I live on the bottom floor and we would have extra extra nights like on Wednesday nights, we would have dinner together and just share what was going on in our lives and be really real. And sometimes it was sometimes it was messy and sometimes it was like, hey, I really don't know what's going on with this, you know, struggles going on inside. And every time without fail, when we chose to open up and be like, whether it was whether it was hurting or just brokenness or, or lost or just confused, whatever it was going on, as we opened up and shared with one another, there was such a freedom and such just this covering of love. It's like whether it was, you know, something you're struggling with, it's like we share it in family and the response was always like you're loved you're covered you're seen you're known and um, we just pray for each other speak into each other's lives and there's such an acceleration that comes from that and so I felt for tonight that there's people here who have like you have things in your heart that you're really struggling with you have things that it's like uh like pain or brokenness or or even just things you're struggling with um and it's things that you might be holding back from the people that are close to you and it's, it's not only things that people can speak into, but as you open up your heart and share what's really going on deep inside, it invites people to be closer, and it invites them to, to add their strength to yours and help you through what's going on, and you'll actually just like a next level, a greater level of your destiny, really. So I just encourage you guys tonight um, to really open your hearts to one another. It's one thing to open your heart to God and be real with him, but when you're real with one another, then you, it's like you're linking arms and you're stronger together. You know, you really, really are, so... Yeah, so on that, um, what she shared, I just want to share with you. Confession to God brings forgiveness, but confession to others brings healing. It's a different level that we can go with each other. And so we really go after that, and we feel like there's so much freedom and hope and love when you can be a mess 
and share your struggles and have people that say, I'm not leaving you. You know, I'm not leaving you. I love you in your mess. And it's not always easy and it's painful at times, but it it will change your life. Um, Victoria, can you just share briefly about how um, family speeds up encounter? Sure. Um, so over the Azusa Now week, weekend, who was there at Azusa Now? Yeah. <laughs> um, just over that weekend, I had this revelation when we were driving in a car. And it was the, f- I was like, why is it that I have had so many encounters this year? Like it just seems so quick and so often. And I was like, this is the fastest it's ever been in my life. And I was like, what is, what is this, Lord? And I just felt like he said that um, safety and family quickens encounter. And there's this thing of no matter what it looks like, Lord, no matter how you encounter me, as undignified or whatever as it looks like, because let's be honest, we don't want to lose control most of the time when it comes to Holy Spirit and what we'll look like. Um, and there's a sense of I can lose control because I know when I go home, like, this family has my back, and you know that you're covered. Like, at Azusa now, the Lord encountered me powerfully with fire, and people are like, like, there's just people surrounding me. <laughs> I'm like, what? A- and I knew, I, was, I feel so vulnerable, Jesus. I feel like exposed, you know? And my friend, Daystar, just pulls me aside. I'm just like, do you just want to go sit and eat? And there's just someone who covered me. And there's, for the church, like the Lord's ready to pour his spirit out powerfully so that we can lose control in family and know that we're safe and we're covered and he can come however he wants because it doesn't matter anymore what we look like when we're whatever is happening to us. So just remember that safety and family quickens encounter. And this is for you tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So who we are um, as Destiny House, our core values are glory, honor, and destiny. So glory, obviously, is the glory of God. So it's the presence of God. We are really passionate about Jesus. We love him with all our hearts, and we go after him, no matter the cost. Honor, we seek to see each other through God's eyes and to see the gold in each other and call that gold out. So we're pursuing intimacy with God and intimacy with family, and we believe as we pursue that, we get automatically released in our God-given destiny because we can't help but manifest the glory and what, what God has put inside of us. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I just want to share a testimony of, like, my personal experience. So when I, I got saved four and a half years ago, and when I came to Reading, um, I was two years old with the Lord, and I thought I got all my identity figured out. <laughs> Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> you, you never grow old learning how to be a child of God. Even if you have been saved for 40 plus years, you never grow old. <laughs> so I, I came in a community um, that actually loved me beyond what I knew, like the, the earthly love. Like there was unconditional love, people that believed in me before I even believed in myself. Like this woman here, she believes in people like nobody's business. Like you can feel like a tiny thing, you know? And she's like, she's just prophesying in your life, just calling out the goal, like n- n- crazy. So it gave me a place where I could actually grow next to... Um, 
school of ministry, just like coming home and actually applying what I've learned, like being with people 24-7. And I tell you what, if you're with people 24-7 and you have a roommate, there's some not so nice things that come out. <laughs> and you're just with each other, you're... You're in the mess, but you're also contending for each other's breakthrough. You like share stuff of your past you might have never shared before. And as you expose just like shame and fear, it loses its power. When, when that stuff enters the light, the enemy has no more power because it's not just in front of God, it's in family. And that's, that's dangerous because you're going to win. <laughs> So I just grew so much and I'm so thankful to be part of this community because I, I don't think I would be where I'm at now. Just going to ministry school is obviously great, but it was like a, a greenhouse in the greenhouse, you know? You, you just grow, grow, grow because you're 24-7 around people and just learn brave communication and working through things and just supporting each other. So you get sharpened in family. Yeah, and that was good. Thank you, Lisa. Um, part of our vision and passion that we burn for is like 5,000 community houses around the world worshiping community. So obviously not everyone's a student, and it's a little bit unique environment. But what would it look like if a family or a group of friends um, did life together really intentionally where they would actually have a family meal together and go deep and share each other's hearts, pray for each other, champion each other's destinies, and then do worship and open it up to the community and invite the presence of God into that space with the, that group of people. I just think divorce rates would go down. You know, I just think it would transform the society that we live in. I, I think people would be launched in their destiny. What if we spent time in the presence of God and worship at home, not just at church, like at home with the people we're doing life with? I can't imagine going to work after spending time in prayer and worship in the morning. Can you imagine what you'd see at your work if you pray for each other and do our So that's my long-term dream. I'd love to see not just Friday mornings, like, like a rhythm of, hey, every morning or a few mornings a week, let's pray and worship together as a family and send each other out into the world. Because we have some people that are nurses, you know, some people that aren't students, and they're going into dark places. But what would it look like if we came together as family and we covered them? And so that's kind of the heart and the bigger vision and we've had people come and visit us, and they've been inspired by what God is doing, and they've gone home to England, and they did a Friday night worship night where the Holy Spirit could do whatever they wanted. The Holy Spirit could do whatever he wanted to do from just encountering God um, with this, this place and this safe place. And so um, thank you guys for coming up. I'm going to release Elisa to go up there, Katarina to stay, but everyone else can go back. You can give them a hand. And I just want to share a testimony and actually would like to call up um, Chuck, Kenny, and Lauren to the front as well. So you guys might be standing here for a little bit, but I just want to share how relationship like really changes lives. And in 2012, I felt the Holy Spirit compel me to this house. I didn't know why, but I just felt like I was supposed to go after this house. And I had this dream and vision 
um, that he had given me on the way, and I ended up at this place that's now known as Destiny House. So all the money I had, I didn't have a car or a job, barely any money. I just came back from England, just got ordained by Heidi Baker, just got a PhD, and no doors were opening. I was living on a blow-up air mattress, going to the land of my dreams and destiny, being there and nothing was opening up, wondering, God, what's going on? And he leads me to this house, and I contend for it at all costs, and I step out in faith, put all the money I have on the first month's rent and deposit, not knowing if I'm going to be able to pay for rent number two, and not knowing if this is the biggest mistake of my life or the biggest breakthrough in my life. But I pulled from testimonies like Carrie Judd Montgomery, who did the first healing home, the Home of Peace, which is in Oakland, which is not far from here. And I pulled from these people, and I, I prayed, and I, I stepped out in faith, and the Lord just blessed it, and he brought people, and he brought two other people. I was able to pay rent each month. We did worship. It was just three of us in the beginning days, faithful on Friday morning to worship God no matter what, because no he's faithful. And then six months later, we got the downstairs. God sent someone to take the downstairs, got six more girls. And then two years later, we prayed and contended. We got the upstairs. So we had the whole house aligned for one purpose. And there's something powerful when you have a whole community totally unified for one purpose, to worship God, to encounter God, to go after family together, to, to break people into their destiny. And so from not giving up and from my yes... A few years later, God sends Katerina to Destiny House. And she comes, and I don't know much about her story. And the first Monday night we had, I remember the chair. I remember exactly upstairs. Um, I prayed for her ankle, and I said, I feel like there's dance on you. And just started prophesying. And I had no idea of anything of her history. I thought she was a dancer, and God brought her here. And I think one of the first meetings we have, she just stepped out and dancing. It was anointed. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And I didn't find out until later she had never danced before. And so fast forward a little bit, a few months, and someone had been to one of our Friday meetings, goes to someone's house, wakes up a girl on the couch and says, you need to go to Destiny House. And this girl was suffering from post-traumatic stress. She had been in the Congo as a missionary. She was having nightmares, anxiety attacks, messed up, not herself. Her life was stolen from her. So this girl says, you need to go to Destiny House. Brings Jessica on a Friday morning. And she's there. We're worshiping. We're, you know, doing what we normally do. And Katarina, I remember, comes to me and says, hey, can I pull her into the middle and dance over her? And I'm like, sure, because I, I just love to experiment and freedom. And God, you know, I'd rather just like try things. And if it doesn't work out, try something new. But just uh, if God's in it. And so she brings this, this girl, Jessica, to the middle of the floor. And she's like, that's the last thing she wants to happen to her. Be the center of attention when she's suffering with anxiety attacks. And like, you know, and, and Katerina dances around her. And I come and lay hands on Jessica. And she just starts weeping. And something broke off of her that day. And that was the first time Katerina ever stepped out to dance around anybody. And as we're praying, something's happening to Jessica. We find out later, ever since that moment, she never had another anxiety attack and she was totally set free from post-traumatic stress. Isn't that amazing? From a yes that I said a long time ago to a yes of Katerina to a yes of another girl that says, Jessica, you need to get here, to Jessica's yes to go in the middle. And now she's, she just got an award at BSSM. She's, she's been to Iraq. She's 
discipling, mentoring. She's going to preach at a stadium. But from that one, yes, that impact, it's just incredible. And then fast forward a bit longer, we go, Chuck decides to do a Jesus Awakening Conference, which is beautiful, and he invites us. We just fall in love with the Psalm 84 community because of Kenny. Kenny made these destiny keys, and he found destiny house, so he's like, there's got to be some synergy. (laughs) And he finds me, and we connect. They come to the Friday morning around the same time we're getting all the three story uh, floors and we just like realize we're doing the same stuff in different areas and we just bond there's just a beautiful bond um later on chuck invites us um elisa was there katarina was there jessica tate was there and we go to the conference and some of you guys might have been there and we brought similar we brought destiny house family up to the stage we had kids then as well and it was fun and i felt like um, jessica was supposed to share her testimony And so me and Kat and Jessica are on the stage, and she's sharing her testimony, and it's powerful, and people are weeping as as she's sharing the presence of God just fell. And I believe you got saved through that, which is amazing. And, yeah, it's awesome. And so from, from not giving up, from one yes to another yes to another yes to another yes to another yes to stewarding the testimony and not holding it in, Someone gets saved, and who knows what's going to happen and how many people are going to come to the Lord through her life. So there's just something beautiful about family that we can do so much more together than alone as we partner with God. We can't do it alone. I can't, I can't do it alone. There's so many times I've needed these guys to carry me or inspire me or get me back up or I've wanted to give up, and they're like, no, you can do this. But we need family if we really want to fulfill the fullness of our destiny. So thank you guys for coming up and being a part of this incredible story. And before, um, I I do have a, a, a word for you guys, but before we dive into that, I just feel like I was hearing a bit about this church and about Brent and how, you know, he's been in this town and this city really a long time um, and labored, and which is amazing, and how you guys have moved um, buildings quite a bit. And I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of exciting because you guys are pioneers. Because people, Jesus didn't have a home, right? The disciples, but they stayed together. And I'm like, this has got to be a powerful crew. Because if they can move, and even on Saturday, that's kind of counterculture in the church world. You guys meet on Saturday. You don't even meet on Sunday. How many people will do that? But I'm like, this, this group has got to be pretty tight-knit if they're willing to, you know, be flexible and transition, and they don't really have a stable place to go all the time. And I'm like, that's, that's like, they're pioneering something. And it's beautiful that you guys have stuck together in the midst of that. So I just wanted to say... Um, that's awesome, and I love the name of your church, Blazing Fire. Bring the fire. Oh, my gosh. Come on. It's so fun. And so I just want to, I'm going to share a word with you guys, and, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring the fire some more today. He's already here. Worship was amazing. Just felt the presence of God so powerfully. And I want to, Uh, give you the invitation to um, probably on more on this side because she's going to be dancing over there but if as we're speaking if you want to come up to the front and sit if you want to get if you kneel if you want to soak however you want to respond to God as I'm sharing this is like home this is family like whatever you feel God's doing go with it even if it's screaming crying um, let God mark you tonight let tonight be a defining moment for your life
There's no accident that every single one of you is here. So let's just start with welcoming more of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, we thank you, Jesus, that we are in a country that we can worship you freely. We can worship you freely. God, I thank you for your presence. Without your presence, we have nothing. We have nothing. And so we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to meet us however you want to meet us today, Lord. I thank you there's divine destiny for every single person in this room, that you are going to unlock something today, that you are going to set the oppressed free, the tormented free, people with anxiety, they'll be healed today. God, I thank you for a peace that passes understanding that's going to be released. God, I thank you for those who've had nightmares, that those are going to stop tonight. I thank you for those that are in turmoil with relational conflict. You are going to bring peace that passes understanding. I thank you that you're going to still the storms. I thank you that you are going to restore hope today. That you're going to inspire people to do the impossible as they keep their eyes on you. So we just say more Holy Spirit, more Holy Spirit, more Holy Spirit. Come like there's no tomorrow. (laughs) Increase our hunger and our desperation to have more of you, God. light a fire in our hearts that is all-consuming, an all-consuming fire that says, Lord, you can have it all. Anything that is not of you, you can burn away, and only the gold, let it be refined and remain. But anything that's going to take my gaze from you, you can have it, you can have it, you can have it, you can have it all. Let us be like the people in the early Azusa Street Revival who didn't have a thousand other things before you, but it was just about you. God, I pray that we would fall in love with you again, that you would apprehend us today. God, would you begin to melt down walls of fear, bitterness, unforgiveness, anything that's holding us back, shame from one another. God, we need each other. We need each other to fulfill our destiny. And so I just speak alignment with heaven over each person in this room that nothing would hold them back from each other. That no fear, no doubt, no shame would hold them back from diving into you, but also diving into each other's hearts in a new way.
God, Jesus, let us see your face. Let us see your eyes. Pray that today would be a marking. just pray for a baptism of hunger baptism of hunger God make us hungry for you God make us hungry for you God make us hungry for you God make us desperate for you Jesus that we will go anywhere and do anything and pay any price because we realize that you've paid every price for us God Would you capture our hearts again? God, would you melt our hearts with your love? Would you bring us deeper into the chambers of your heart tonight than we've ever gone before? In a safe place of being vulnerable with family. We let all our walls come down. We take off our armor. We surrender all to you, Jesus. just want you to picture right now, just close your eyes and lean in and just picture yourself whatever's in your life right now whatever's coming against you whatever storm is there, picture yourself getting out of the boat entering into more danger to be closer to Jesus towards Jesus even if it doesn't make sense even if you don't have answers or solution even if it feels like the scariest thing you've ever done trusting him in a new way this room with your peace, God, with the blood of Jesus, God. The deep, deep peace that goes into the cracks and crevices. 
that uproots lies and plants truth, that removes shame and plants acceptance. you are worth the wait. We thank you that you still the storm as we stay near to you. There could be a tornado going on all around us, but when we're with you, it's still. We're covered, we're safe, we're protected in you. No matter what chaos is going on around us. There's stillness in this storm when we're with Jesus. There's stillness in this storm when we're with Jesus.
there's a story in the book of Matthew where Jesus immediately sends his disciples to cross the lake while he goes off and has time alone. They've just seen bread multiply. And he says, I'll meet you on the other side. And as his disciples take off on the boat, they're buffeted by the wind and the waves. They're on the destination. They're following the direct command and being obedient to Jesus. And they're tossed to and fro and buffeted by the waves. When I looked up the word buffeted, it actually comes from the root word tormented. To be harassed, distressed, to question by applying torture, to vex with grievous pains in body or mind. buffeted by the waves. Have we ever been buffeted by tormenting thoughts? By things that come against us. We're trying to go where God is leading us. And we go in the middle and we step out in faith. But then before we get there, we're halfway there. And something comes against us. during the fourth watch of the night Jesus comes to them walking on water and they're terrified because that is so out of context they recognize Jesus when he was on land but when he's walking in the middle of a storm in the sea they did not know who it was they couldn't see him in their storm They couldn't see him in their storm. It was out of the box. They weren't expecting to see Jesus walking on water. He was right there, but they didn't know it was him. And they were terrified. The word terrified It means to stir up, to trouble, to put in motion, agitate back and forth, shake to and fro, to set in motion what needs to remain still. Kind of sounds like you're on a boat, seasick, going back and forth in the storm. They were terrified. What needed to remain still was going back and forth and back and forth. They were terrified because they didn't recognize Jesus in the storm. Sometimes when we're in the storm, we need to realize if Jesus told us to get to the other side, he's going to make it. He's going to make a way for us to get there. There's no way we can't get there, even if things come against us. If he's the one that said go there, he's going to get us there. And we have to recognize in the storm, Jesus. It might come through a person that we don't expect him to come through. It might be through the love of a neighbor or a friend. The storm clouded their vision of Jesus. They couldn't recognize him. So when we're in a storm, can we find Jesus? Can we look for Jesus? When I was in a storm, 
when I, when I was, just had gotten Destiny House and we had moved in, I still didn't have a job or a car. No doors were opening in my promised land. I didn't understand why I was living off of my credit card that was very oppressive to me. It felt horrible. I had just gotten my PhD. I should be doing something amazing. I'm waiting on God, applying for jobs. Nothing is opening up. I'm in a storm. I tried to find Jesus in the storm, and I found him by going to the lake. And I didn't even know how to pray. I would just sit there. Sometimes I, I would worship. Sometimes I would pray and read. Sometimes I would ask questions. I just showed up to the lake because he was there. I needed to be alone with Jesus. I didn't have any answers to my situation. I didn't have any hope in any way out. So I had to find Jesus in my storm. And the way that I found him was by going somewhere to be present with him, even if it didn't make sense. And eventually he got me out of that storm. I ended up getting an incredible job co-writing a book with one of my heroes. And the Lord turned everything around after the storm. But what he taught me in that storm was gold. There's gold for us in the storms. There's something in our storms, in our transitions, that if we pay attention, God's preparing to give us something that we're going to need when we get to the other side. I needed that time at the lake. Now I go to the lake every week, usually Mondays or Saturdays, and I have a no agenda time with the Lord until the time's up. I don't put a time limit on. I just hang out with him. Sometimes I play in the water. <laughs> Sometimes I listen. I love to listen. Sometimes I read the Bible. Sometimes I pray. I just hang out with him like I would another friend. And that has been such a huge source. If I don't have that time, I feel it. So when they see Jesus in this, in this storm, they are terrified. And they cried out in fear. And the word fear comes from the word phobia. To flee, withdraw. Fleeing because they're feeling inadequate. They're afraid when Jesus is there. I want to be excited when Jesus is there. I want to recognize him when he's there. But Jesus immediately, he didn't wait. He immediately said, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. The word courage comes from a root that means bolstered because of being warmed up. Emboldened from within. It supports unflinching courage to radiate warm confidence because of you're warm-hearted. Courage comes from a place of your heart being warmed. Warmed by the love of God. What happens when we invite the fire of God in our lives and it burns away everything that's not of Him and it warms us in a new way? What happens when our hearts become warm to each other again because we put aside all the lies that the enemy wants to to keep us from each other, that person doesn't like me. That person is judging me. Whatever the lies are, it's really an attack against the enemy and Satan, not against that person, because we don't fight against flesh and blood, we fight against the enemy. So having warm hearts. Courage is a result of the Lord infusing his strength by the inworking of faith, in birth persuasion. It's this unflinching, unafraid, 
impartation that Jesus says, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. When Jesus shows up, no matter where it is, no matter what it looks like, it's okay. Even if I don't have answers to my problems, even if I don't know the answer, even if the breakthrough hasn't come yet, even if the healing hasn't come yet, even if the finances haven't come yet, when I'm with Jesus and he says, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid, it's, it's okay, because he is the answer. He is the peace that passes understanding. He is the way, the truth, and life. He is our destiny beyond anything. It's intimacy with him. And then Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Peter sees Jesus. He recognizes him and he says, I need to be close to you. I'm in this storm. I'm afraid for my life. So I want to put myself in greater danger and walk on water because I need to be close to you. That's insane. He's already in danger. He's like, I got a great idea. Let me get out of the boat and put myself in greater danger to be near you, Jesus. Because I don't care what it looks like, I have to be close to you because when I'm close to you, I'm safe. When I'm close to you, I'm safe. And so he gets out of the boat and, and it wasn't Jesus' idea. It was Peter's idea. He followed the desire of his heart to do the impossible. If you guys want to do the impossible, follow your heart to Jesus wherever he's at. So Peter says, tell me to come to you on the water. He was desperate for Jesus. Don't be afraid to go deeper into the storm if Jesus is there and if he is leading you. And Jesus says, come. So Peter gets out of the boat puts himself in greater danger and walks on water towards Jesus. And the word walk, when Jesus was walking on water, the word walk comes from I walk, I conduct my life. This is how I live and conduct my life. So when Jesus was walking on water, superseding the physical realm, and he's saying, Peter, come and walk to me as I am walking. He's saying, you basically, you have authority over everything. When he said walk on water, he's saying come and follow the way I do life. And so Peter comes towards him. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sing, crying out, Lord, save me. Can you see the wind? It's a lie. You can see the effects of wind. He saw something that didn't exist and it caused his faith to cause him to sink. It didn't even exist. Anxiety and fear, all that is most likely from things that don't even exist. And so our mind has to stay on him. Our eyes have to stay on Jesus. Once he took his eyes off of Jesus and onto the wind, he started sinking because it was a lie. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand. Immediately he caught him. And rather than say, Peter, well done. No other disciple walked on water but you. He, he rebuked him. He said, you of little faith, why did you not believe? It's almost like this expectation that we can walk on water, that we can do what Jesus did, that we can walk in the life that Jesus did. And Peter got a taste of it. 
for a season, for a moment. And as long as he kept his gaze on Jesus, he walked. And as soon as he took his eyes off and put it on a lie, he sank. But immediately Jesus rescued him. And then not long after, they climbed into the boat together. The wind died down. Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Not long over, they crossed to the other side, and Jesus healed many who were sick. That was a transition. There's a great lesson and opportunity for the impossible and greater faith when you're in a storm or in transition. In the midst of transition, God is preparing you. He's dropping things in your boat, in your life, in your heart that are going to be keys and important parts for the next stage of what he's leading you into. In the storms and the transitions, I needed to go to the lake. I needed that to be built into my DNA, into my life. In that storm, I needed that time because that was going to prepare me for when God expanded the favor in my life, when God expanded the capacity in my life. I needed to know that I always had a place with Jesus and that he alone was my self-sufficiency. And so in that storm, in that hard time, I found the gold and I found him and he strengthened me pay attention to what God is bringing up in transitions in storms he's preparing you for what's coming in the next season and there will be tools and keys that he will release in those relational conflicts in those storms that that when you break through and press through and get to the other side you're going to be you might have some scars and wounds and it might be painful but you're going to be so much stronger and you're going to have tools and weapons of warfare to be stronger for things that are going to be bigger. You know, David killed a bear before he killed Goliath. So I just want to encourage you guys not to give up in the storms, in the transitions, to press into Jesus. Do whatever it takes possible to be near to him. Later in John 21, 5 to 9, Peter sees Jesus again, and Peter's in another boat. And what does he do? He jumps out of the boat to be with Jesus. This time he swam to the shore because he saw Jesus. He saw Jesus. He was desperate for Jesus, even to put himself in greater danger in the midst of the storm to get out of a boat to say, I don't care if it's impossible. I'm going to walk to you, Jesus. And that's how we do the impossible. I saw bread multiply in Mozambique, but I wasn't trying to do the impossible. People were hungry and need to be fed. So I prayed over the bread, and we're not going to split it in twos. We're going to pray over it. God multiplied before he can do it again. We started passing out more than enough. Everyone got fed, and we had more than enough left over. I wasn't trying to do the impossible. I was trying to impart Jesus and help the, the, the hungry be fed, and God did a miracle. When I had a dream to go to England to be at my friend's wedding, and I didn't have the resources, I showed up at San Francisco Airport with a bag packed and testimonies and no money. 
believing that God could get me to England because he loves family. And at the airport, all the breakthrough happened, and I ended up getting a round-trip ticket to England, and I made it there. At the airport, that's where the breakthrough happened. I actually went up to the United booth with my passport by faith and said, here's my passport. I want to go to London, thinking the Lord would make a ticket appear. It didn't, it didn't happen that way. It happened through other breakthroughs, but it happened in the past with other people I've studied, so why couldn't it happen to me? And, and God did it. But I wasn't trying to, for me, that was an impossibility. I was trying to be with family at a friend's wedding, and I was following my heart, and God did the impossible on my behalf. There's something about Peter's desire to be with Jesus. So Jesus allowed him to do something that was impossible. He wasn't trying to walk on water to say, hey, I'm going to do the impossible. Look how cool I am to all the other disciples. He just had to be with Jesus. You cannot divorce the impossible and intimacy with Jesus. They come together. So if you guys want to do the impossible, step into greater signs, wonders, miracles, see greater breakthroughs, it's all rooted in intimacy with Jesus. The deeper you go with him, the farther you're going to soar and fly. And so I just want you guys to stand. I feel like God is going to set people free to soar in a new way today. And if you want the desperation that Peter had, that it didn't matter how messy it was going to be, no matter it didn't matter what it was going to look like, it didn't matter if it wasn't going to make sense, because some of us are facing decisions right now that don't make sense. We need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit because the place that God is taking us now in our generation, we can't just rely on history. That's really good and we need to pull from it. But he's taking us into a new land and a new territory. We're going somewhere we've never been before, just like in Joshua 3. And the only way to get there is to follow the presence of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit even into things that look shaky and don't make sense. If, if the peace of God is not there, it's not the Lord. But if Jesus is there and it doesn't make sense, it's exactly where we need to be. And so I just want to call up any of you that's been stirred tonight, that feels like a burning inside of you, that feels like, I want to have the faith like Peter that must be with Jesus no matter what it looks like. No matter whether it looks like getting out of a storm to walk on water to be closer to Jesus or getting out of a boat to swim to see Jesus when he sees him again after he rose from the dead. So if that's you and you want and you're committed to say, I'm going to live a life of intimacy. I'm going to burn for Jesus and I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to step into any storm. I'm just going to invite you to come as an act of consecration, as an act of surrender in the storm. And however you want, if you want to kneel, if you want to stand, if you want to lay, whatever you want to do, it's this act of saying, it doesn't matter what storm I'm in, Jesus, I'm going to be with you. I need to be with you, Jesus. And when we're with Jesus, everything is okay. And I believe, too, and Katerina will keep dancing maybe on the stage. As she's dancing, people are going to be set free from tormenting spirits and anxiety.
And so this, this bold faith, this bold step of faith and vulnerability, even of coming to the front, I believe it's going to set things in motion and set a momentum in heaven behind you for a new level of intimacy with Jesus that changes everything. And so, God, right now, I pray that you would come and crash in each person here. God, I thank you that you are our answer, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And, God, we repent for running after other things to fill our needs. We repent for running after other lovers and other idols and looking for other solutions outside of you. God, you are our answer. You are everything we need. And so we press in in the midst of transition, in the midst of storms, in the midst of questions unanswered. God, we thank you that you are the answer. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would mark us with a fresh passion, a fresh fire, a fresh burning for you like never before. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. It's something you do, God. Draw us to you. God, we pray for hunger. I pray for a baptism of hunger, God. bind the enemy. Any lies cannot exist in this room, in these minds, in these people, in Jesus' name. Command the peace that passes understanding. And if that's you, raise your hand if that was you with the tormenting thoughts or anxiety. I really believe God's going to break that. And so if you see someone next to you with their hand raised, just bless what God's doing. And God, I just, every single person right now that, that's been struggling in this, God, we bind that in the enemy. Um, we bind the enemy in Jesus' name, and we declare peace that passes understanding. God, we thank you that you did it in Jessica's life. We thank you that you've done it every single time this testimony has been shared. You've set people free. A veteran, Vietnam War, or a war veteran actually had the same thing happen for like over 40 years, and he was set free. And so, God, we pray in Jesus' name that you would come. We break off tormenting spirits in Jesus' name. We pray for peaceful sleep. Peaceful sleep. We pray fire come, God. And where the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy, we pray that you would restore, 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 restore. I just ask for everyone here there'd be a new fire of consecration a new fire of consecration of seeing your face of seeing your eyes and and being so undone by your beauty and so undone by your love that nothing else matters but pleasing and loving you Jesus say more Holy Spirit more Holy Spirit God thank you that you are here thank you that you are here